Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Well, race fans, here we are again at another edition of Southern Race Week, your radio and podcast show that gives you everything you need to know and uh, uh, in a timely manner. Hey, everyone, I'm WB. And uh, as always, sitting high atop his pit box, the producer to the stars that every serious XM station wished they could get and every radio station wished they had is none other than my main man, the Braves fan that actually can score tickets to the World Series in the playoffs and not pay $5,000 a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my buddy Alfie. What's going on, man? Hey there, William. Glad to be with you again this uh, this week here for another exciting episode of Southern Race Week Radio. And we try to get tickets to the World Series, uh, but you know what? They're uh, they're going a little bit high in the uh, the price. And, you know, it was, thought, it was interesting. Thought, yeah, go ahead. I saw that you went to uh, one of the playoff games or something. I mean, yeah, I went to game one of the National Championship Series, but that's only because the tickets were free. So I didn't pay for those. I got those. Oh, yo. I got those free. And then when they went, got to the World Series, my wife came over and was like, let's go to one of the games. So we had a, you know, we had a special pre-order because we were part of the A-list ticket team this year. And we yeah. weren't able to get the tickets. But uh, I think we kind of benefited there because for the 400 section, for these tickets were five hundred dollars a piece or something like that. Now I went to game wow. two. I went to game two of the nineteen ninety nine World Series back at Turner Field, and for tickets there, I pulled out my old ticket stub because I still had it. I was kind of curious what the price of it was for a ticket in the four hundred section for game two of the ninety nine series. It was one hundred dollars. Wow! And then so we went on StubHub because Kimber really wanted to go. So I was like, all right, I'll go on StubHub and we'll see how much uh, tickets are costing there. And for the yeah. section up there, it was anywhere between nine hundred and a thousand dollars. So I was like, you know, that's basically a mortgage. That's like two mortgage payments for two tickets to, uh, and that's not even that's not even parking, which was another wow. like parking passes were like a hundred to two hundred dollars, I think. And then then when you go to the game, you got to get concessions, you got to get drinks and hot dogs and all that. So that's wow. easily going to put on another anywhere between a hundred to maybe a hundred dollars there easily. So. Uh, <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, so it's uh, absolutely insane, but uh, but yeah, excited to see the Braves in the World Series going on right now against the Astros. First time since '99 that the Braves have made it to the series, so uh, just excited to see the Braves in the World Series and uh, and uh, not all that going on with the it's you know because everything's kind of winding down here, William, as we get into November. You know, NASCAR's winding down, uh, baseball, baseball's winding down, and now but you got basketball starting up, hockey starting up, college football right in the middle of everything going on, so. But it's just crazy. Well, it seemed like in the blink of an eye, we started in Daytona back in February, and then in a couple of weeks, we're going to end the season in in Phoenix. But you know what? It's the beauty about the uh, the the NASCAR series and the way it's set up. It's uh, it gives everybody a chance to have a final chase in the race, and uh, and the best part is the ticket prices don't go up based on you know just because it's a playoff game because you know it's going to be at a certain place and it's a certain time and it's a certain price so that's why i love about nascar this week 
on Southern Race Week, Alfie. We got a jam-packed show as always. And remember, everyone, whether you're looking for Southern Race Week on your favorite radio station or your favorite podcast location, wherever you get your favorite podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're there. And uh, but this week on Southern Race Week, Alfie, uh, you get to catch up with uh, my buddy uh, uh, Rutledge Wood. That's right, William. We're going to be speaking with Rutledge Wood here in just a couple of minutes from NASCAR and NBC to take a look at uh, things going on there in the world of NASCAR. And then also, you have the opportunity to speak with Josh Hart, NHRA driver who's battling it out for the Rookie of the Year honors this year. And then also, we'll be joined by Lenny Batiki, who will keep us up to date on what's going on in the world of short track news, William. So, another jam packed episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Ryan Truex and you're listening to Southern Race Week Radio. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But we've got another special guest joining us here right now on the Food Depot Hotline as we head on over and welcome in one of the many people who cover NASCAR for NBC, continuing this weekend with the elimination race in Martinsville and the next week for the championship race at Phoenix, all on NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in a local boy done good, local alumni from McIntosh High School in Peachtree City, Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Rutledge you get the best intro ever award. That was awesome. We got Macintosh in there. Go choose. Of course, because I'm from your arrival, Sandy Creek High School, right down the road in Tyrone, Georgia, baby. Class of 96. Oh, Come on. So beautiful, man. Y'all, I, I didn't know what it was like for us to have a winning football team because every time we'd get near Sandy Creek, y'all would embarrass <laughs> us and make us go home with our stuff. So, uh, man, thanks for having me on as always, brother. Before we get into NASCAR and what's going on with you, I've always been curious, how did you get into uh, broadcasting? You know, it's funny. I went to school for marketing at the University of Georgia, and I always knew that I loved cars and I loved people, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to put those two kind of trains together, and I ended up finding a jobs link on Craigslist uh, when I had been, I'd worked at the radio station in Noonan, met my buddy Uncle Rich, and, and that was really where I first started understanding more about NASCAR and the drivers, and I had friends that watched in, in college, but I kind of just thought they were watching Drink on Sundays, which may still be true for the record for them, but, uh, you know, Rich was the one who really got me into the sport and understanding it, and then I went and worked at the Alamo and helped my friends open that place up with my friend Yvonne Monet, and she really helped me understand crowds and a microphone and how to be an MC. so I was looking on Craigslist and found this job link, and it was for the National Motorsports Network that was going to be covering NASCAR, they needed someone who could be a marketing person and take care of all that stuff, but also an MC. And I was like, well, this is this is me. This sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, two and a half weeks later, I was in Daytona for the 500, and that was the uh, spring of 2005, as crazy that is. So, wow. yeah, that's really how I, I got into it and loving cars and, and, and being introduced to NASCAR in the ways that I was made it really easy for me to, to just dive in and, so it's funny, um, that's really what started the, the broadcasting side of it for me, and then Top Gear found me from 
YouTube that a, a fan had loaded up a clip from race day that we used to do. And so it's all, it's funny how all of these different things really happen from, from friends and, and I guess Craigslist. That's really awesome because you are such a, I think watching you on NBC, you're so natural out there. And I think you love being with the fans. And I think the fans really love being around you. Anytime you do a hit at whatever part of the track you're at, but you seem to do it so naturally. So for you, is it just for you, just, you just enjoy being with the fans out there. Absolutely. You know, when I, when I started, I really had to convince them to give me a shot because really I was like a a glorified, like t-shirt tosser. My job was to ride around the campgrounds and get people to come to shows but they started to realize that those people, to me, are what makes the whole sport go around. I mean, without the fans, NASCAR doesn't exist. And so very early, I mean, like literally day one, I realized like, oh, these are the most important people here. It's cool that some of these people have um, fancy homes and private planes, but none of that stuff happens. And none of these companies want to be interested. None of this broadcast happens without these people to go sit in the stand. So I always put my focus truly on the fans. And so I was kind of build as the fan of the people um and instead of the man of the people i was the fan of the people and and i just i I love what this sport is for that reason and so i think um i've always tried to be as inclusive as i could um even when you know there was a time last year when we couldn't get to the tracks i came up with this idea of making like a brady bunch screen so we could see how many people were at home that wanted to be at the racetrack and get them involved. So yeah, I, I think for me, it's just always knowing they're the most important part uh, of this sport and really every sport. So I've just loved getting to be out there and, and go do it. Cause I remember I was trying to convince a guy named Chris Long, we called him muscles who was running speed at the time. And he said, well, why, what would you do any different? What do you want to talk about? And I said, well, I want to talk about the people. He's like, but I thought you were a car guy. And I was like, yeah, but how many people can you have someone say, how is your car? Like I, I can read, I can yeah. see the stats on the screen. I know how the car was, but I want to know what makes people love someone like Elliot Sadler or Mark Martin or now, you know, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, whoever it is, there's something within those drivers that the fans connect with something inside themselves that either is who they are or is something that they want to be. And so for me, I just have tried to be the kind of bridge between those two things. But as you know, like there's a lot of times, there's a lot of people that we work with that are, are journalists and they're really, really great at those things that you they do. I've just never, that's never been my thing. So it's funny when sometimes people are like, oh, you're in the media, you're this, you're that. I was like, I kind of feel like I'm like, like the guess your weight guy at the fair. Like I, <laughs> I feel like I'm here for a good time, no matter what. And I think it really shows through the time that I get to spend with the fans or the drivers. Speaking with Rutledge Wood here of NASCAR and NBC as they're getting set to race this weekend in Martinsville Elimination Race and then also next weekend in Phoenix. And, you know, you like you said, you have an opportunity to talk to these drivers throughout the year. NBC has the second half of the, of the schedule and then into the playoffs. As you get into the playoffs, especially this deep into the playoffs, and you're starting to talk to these drivers, interview them, talk to them, do you notice a change in their personality or the way they might react differently since, you know, this is the playoffs, they might be a little bit more fired up, more serious? Do you see a change in the drivers' attitudes as you kind of convert from the regular season and then deep into the playoffs as we are, as we are right now? Absolutely, because if you think about it, they have six days where they're not in a car, which also is six days for people to talk to them, talk about them, speculate about them, and really gain um, and, and grow pressure on them that is not something they've asked for or is interested in. Like it's a, it's a weird shifting of the scales that the intensity is there all year. But, yeah, once we hit the playoffs, it ratchets up 
so much. And, you know, we saw whether you're looking at the Roval or even Kansas, you know, it's undeniable what Kyle Larson's doing. And even, you know, when his teammates are looking around, like, sheesh, this guy. Whew, could he share a crumb over here? Like, imagine, <laughs> you know, we, we're thinking about how hard it must be for some of the Penske drivers or the Toyota drivers. But, like, bro, there's three teammates at that team that have to look and go, we didn't win again this weekend because Superstar over here won again. <laughs> so the pressure is on so many different levels that people can't see. Uh, because also, you know, there were teams that made that. And if they just made it one more race, and think about how that could have changed the trajectory either for the driver, sometimes for the team. You know, I think the pressure is something that's so big. Most of us can't really fathom what it's like. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a different tone. Um, some drivers, I think that handle it the best are the ones that, you know, can find a way to shake that, that off and just say, no, I'm going to do the same thing I do every day because that's the other thing. You know, sometimes you'll see people, whether it's fans, media, whoever say, you know, are you guys going to try anything different today? Well, the reality is they're really not. They're going to try to go up there and win the race. They're going to try to get as far up in the race as they can, do the best they can. That fundamentally doesn't change. But the pressure and the outcome and the results, that's what can change so greatly. So, yeah, are we going to try anything different? Honestly, I'm going to try to not get wrecked in the first <laughs> stage because if I do – and I'm driving angry for the next two-thirds of the race, then I know that where I want to be at the end isn't going to happen. So that could be a difference in strategy is I'm going to just I'm going to act like I'm in someone else's car for the first half of the race and then get mad and drive angry. So I don't know, man. It's, it's intense, that's for sure. Now, before I let you go, I have to talk about another great program you do. You know, you got a lot of fans who know you from NASCAR and NBC and, and all of that. For, but my young kids are at eight and six. They love you for the floor is lava. Um, they just love that show. And I feel like you've opened your fandom to another group of kids who might not know you from NASCAR, but know you from the floor is lava. My kids have turned our basement into basically a floor, a floor is lava set with our couches and <laughs> everything else they've got going on. I know you, I think you have a new season of floor is lava coming up on Netflix. Tell us a little bit yeah. about doing that program and how that might have opened your fan base to a whole other generation of kids. Because my kids saw us take a picture of each other at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and they were just going nuts. They were they were more impressed with that than me taking a picture with Chase Elliott. That's so funny, man. Well, first off, please tell your kids I said thank you. I'm sorry about your basement becoming a new Flores Lava <laughs> It's set. okay. It's been so cool to be a part of Flores Lava. We did just wrap up uh, Season 2, which is going to be bigger and better in every respect the the one thing i'll tell you and i don't know if i'm allowed to but i'm gonna tell you anyway uh <laughs> there's a gigantic volcano at the end and two teams go head to head on that and that's who we find out that's who who we can tell wins the 10 grand and the floor is lava lamp which is of course the most coveted trophy in all of fake trophies in oh, the world of but it's funny that like you know i've done i've done so many fun things in my career i'm so fortunate every single day and, and have a huge amount of gratitude for all the people that and watch and help make it happen. But if you look at what I've done, it's pretty hilarious to know, like, okay, started in NASCAR and then did Top Gear. So, like, kind of a lot of guys and, and a lot of wives had to watch the show with their husbands. And then I started to do some kind of random cooking stuff. I did Southern and Hungry that my buddy Guy Fietti produced, and it was me and Damaris Phillips. So then a lot of the wives might have known me from that or, or people that were into food like that. And then we started doing, like, Hyperdrive, American Barbecue Showdown and floor is lava. And so now I feel like I've covered the whole family. Now the kids know me. So it's hilarious because I went from being a guy who 
like I have three daughters and all their friends knew I did something in TV. A bunch of their dads knew who I was. And overnight, everyone knew like, oh my gosh, that's your dad on Floor is Lava. That's, that's his show. And getting to take my daughters to the set this summer, uh, it's just, that's one of the coolest things I've ever been able to do. Cause I've taken them to races and, you know, I'm such a big motorsports fan, whether it's Supercross or IndyCar, you know, I try to share as many of those things as I can with my daughters when I'm not working, <laughs> but for them to get to see that set up close and understand how some of it works and just how massive it is, you know, we were number seven for all of Netflix global for 2020. That's impossibly huge to, to wrap your head around. And the fact that the kid who answered an ad on Craigslist, who is, I think, the exact same person I was the day I answered it, that's the part that I just go, what is happening? This is insane. So, yeah, I, I appreciate everybody watching. I don't know when season two is coming out, but it's going to be crazy. Well, we're looking forward to it. Rutledge Wood, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. You can check them out this weekend in Martinsville and Phoenix next weekend. As It's hard to believe the NASCAR season will be wrapping up here in uh, 2021, and hopefully we'll be crowning a repeat champion in a Chase Elliott in Phoenix here in a, a couple of weeks. Mr. Wood, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, sir, and hopefully we'll talk to you again in uh, 2022 as we get set to kick off another season. Thanks for having me, Alfie. Hey, this is Mike Bagley of Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. You, my friends, are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, everyone, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station or your favorite podcast location. But right now, we are so excited because finally we have brought somebody to the table that can bring some credibility to this program. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the 2021 Rookie of the Year front runner. He is the man that can get it done in six seconds of flat or maybe even faster. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Hart. NHRA driver, how you doing, Josh? I am excellent, sir. That is a heck of an introduction. Man. I'm not sure I deserve all that, but thank you. Man, I'm telling you what, man. You Listen, now, being the front runner for the Rookie of the Year, the NHRA, I always have to ask everybody, whenever you know, especially if they're, they're a rookie, uh, in any kind of racing, because, you know, in, in, in the drag racing, it, it, y'all are crazy. I mean, I'm just telling you, 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 you the, 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 the thunder, the, 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 the violence that goes off in those motors. What in the world made you want to get into track racing, man? I mean, was, was, <laughs> was NASCAR just too boring for you or was IRL any, you know, was any Indy car too boring for you? <laughs> what? No, no, I got a lot of respect for all those guys, but, uh, drag racing is the fastest acceleration that you can, uh, accomplish. And, uh, I wanted to see if I could, you know, stand up with the, uh, fastest people on the planet. Well, uh, you've, uh, you've done a pretty good job here, the standing up there, buddy. Cause, uh, through 11 races, uh, has, uh, you got two wins and four additional semifinal finishes. So that's pretty good. I mean, what did you do before you got into, uh, in, into drag racing top fuel? Um, I worked my way through the ranks. So I did bracket racing, super comp, super gas, top dragster. Then I spent five years in the top alcohol class, which was a lot of fun. Gotcha. So naturally, there was only one more place to go. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, but I mean, but what, like, 
what did you what did you race before that? I mean, you just like I understand you worked your way through the NHRA program, but like as as growing up, I mean, because you don't sound like you're you know old person like me, um, you know. I mean, you know, you went from you know racing a BMX bike to all of a sudden jumping into a, a dragster. I mean, what did you what what did you drive before then, and what gave you this this passion for a need for speed? Um, to be completely honest with you, I just, the only thing I've been sure about my whole life was playing the drums and, and fast cars. So I figured the ship had sailed on the drums. So let's try the cars. Um, I did race BMX a little bit and then, um, nothing to be proud of. I actually got in a lot of trouble uh, on the, on the streets with, uh, my first pickup, which was a Ford lightning. Oh, and, uh, so, uh, a person who I believe to be much smarter than me, uh, Don Garlitz. (laughs) Yeah. Said, uh, why don't you go up to Gainesville and go to a test and tune night? It was kind of history from there. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, listen, uh, you know, you uh, this season you've been racing on a, a limited schedule, but you know, hey, you're pursuing the full time program and everything. Is it is is it? Do you work at it with the teams and do you work with the programs to to help? with sponsorship and finding the sponsors and, and that type of thing, or do you just kind of leave that up to somebody else? No, absolutely. I'm extremely hands-on. So I was a businessman before I ever touched a race car. So we own the team. Um, when I say we, I, I'm planning to make Ron Douglas, my crew chief, a partner. Um, I funded the team. We built it from nothing. Uh, my wife and I started with nothing. So, um, very hands-on. We brought new sponsors in this year with Bimetal Buildings Direct. TechNet's been with me uh, through the alcohol ranks, mm-hmm. and they just they just resigned for next year. Awesome. And uh, RNL Carriers, um, that's been the biggest support system so far, and and they're they're amazing. I mean, truly, no smoke and mirrors with that company. And just by chance, I I got hooked up with them, and it's it's been great. So very involved in the day to day actions. Well, listen, uh, Josh, um, if y'all just join us here uh, on this edition of uh, Southern Race Week, we've got uh, Josh Hart. Uh, uh, he is uh, leads an impressive list of the uh, NHRA uh, Rookie of the Year candidates and contenders. And, um, Josh, if uh, somebody wanted to uh, to learn more about you and uh, to discover, you know, um, you know where you are, where you're going, and, and what's up next for you and the keep track of you where's the best place to point them to um you can read a little bit about us at joshhartracing.com um, you can go to berniespeedshop.com that's my business in ocala florida okay. and then obviously all of the uh, social media outlets instagram twitter facebook so in addition to driving you assembled your top fuel operation from scratch that is correct yeah i never really wanted to own my own team i was i was hoping to you know just <clears throat> drive the car but right <laughs> that's not that's not the hand i was dealt so now i wouldn't change it for for anything you know it's it's priceless but it is a tremendous amount of work the, the logistics and hotels and plane tickets and driving my own truck and working with my my favorite truck driver doug wilson i mean he's awesome right um you know working on the car off and on parts inventory i mean it's it's a it's a full-time job and and I already had a full-time business before this business. So. <laughs> I was told to ask, what is hot rod heaven? What is that? So my wife and I have never really worked for anyone else. 
Okay. Uh, we started a company called Bernie's Speed Shop with next to nothing. And uh, we were doing professional detailing. She took over the detailing and I started doing supercharger installs. Uh-huh. That business, uh, Bernie's Speed Shop, has grown into what we call hot rod heaven. It is now 100,000 square foot under roof, a full city block of anything you can dream automotive. Wow. Wow. And that's all, and in, in you're based out of Ocala. Yep, seven miles from Garlet Shop. And I encourage everybody to go on Bernie Speed Shop. Just check it out. Um, there's a couple aerial views to kind of put it in perspective. But cool. the only way to really understand what's going on there is to stop by. Honey, pack the bags. We're going to Ocala. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> listen Josh. Uh, you know, what's up, what's up next? What's up? I don't have the schedule in front of me. What's next up on the, uh, the, the drag schedule for you? Uh, this weekend, we're going to be at the Las Vegas Nationals. Um, and then I think in a week and a half or so will be our first time and my first time in anyway in Kavona. All right. Well, listen, Josh, we sure do appreciate it, brother. This is Leah Pruitt, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But we have another special guest joining us right now on the Food Depot hotline as we head on over and get the latest in what's going on in the world of short track news with the one and only the host of PRN at the track for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Lenny Botticke! Wow, you busted that one out so good. Alfie, it's great, to, as always, to be here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. And, you know, the track's down in Georgia. It's beautiful weather down, uh, you know, in the Peach State. And uh, a lot of the grassroots tracks still getting a lot of uh, action happening. Uh, it was an all-partain victory lane, it sounded like, uh, last weekend, as both Hoyt and Adam won their divisions at Hartwell. And Hartwell's got the big pause for the cause coming up this weekend. So, uh, you know, I know they put a lot into uh, giving back. And, uh, you know, if you could rally and get out there, that's one of the great things to do. Sonoya, uh, uh, the Pollards having a couple of uh, significant memorial races, but both of them won by Georgia's own Ashton Winger. And I really think Winger is right on that verge of a breakout season. Uh, he's, he's had some wins. He's had bigger wins. Now, I think 2022, Ashton Winger is ready to be a threat at one of the marquee races, and that'll be kind of neat to watch uh, as he continues on. And then uh, over in Modoc, uh, Trent Ivey won the um, the race they had over there. That was kind of cool. A crossover in Alabama, Sam Seawright parked it in Victory Lane in Fort, uh, Fort Payne. And uh, even right, right across the uh, border into uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga area, I-75, Corey Hedgecock grabbed a uh, late model win. So there's plenty of places for uh, folks to go and get out and uh, beyond – uh, this weekend at Hartwell, you know, we've got the uh, USCS Sprint's going to be at Boyd Speedway. And, uh, you know, counting down the days to uh, say goodbye to Oglethorpe Speedway Park. That's uh, two or three weeks from now. That'll be a, a sad time. But, um, you know, the great history of Oglethorpe uh, will live on in memory for decades to come. And Sonoya's got the Peach Classic. So that's you know, Georgia State Championships at Livonia. But uh, I want to focus on this weekend if you've got some minutes to do that. Oh, of course, Mr. Ratiki. You know that this segment is dedicated to you, sir, as the as you mentioned, the temperature's starting to cool off a little bit and a lot of uh, 
tracks are going to be uh, shutting down for the rest of the year before we get things back open in, in 2022. But I know for you personally, you're going to be a very extremely busy man as there's going to be a lot of events coming up here in the next few weeks this weekend as well that you'll be uh, covering and in, and in charge of. So uh, for our listeners out there tuning in for this week's edition of Short Track News with Lenny Vitticki, host of PRN at the track, uh, let's run down that list of events that you've got your eyes on, Lenny. The World Short Track Championship happening Saturday at the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Going to be one that encompasses seven different divisions and all kinds of grassroots racers on the big track in preparation for next week's World Finals for the World of Outlaws. Uh, this, this weekend, they can tune in to Dirt Vision to be able to watch Friday and Saturday and uh, see all the action. Then you slide over to Tuesday. Cherokee Speedway is going to be running a uh, special event called the Prelude to the Finals, and Pit Row TV will have that one. Uh, those first ones that I mentioned are pay-per-views, but we got a free purview with uh, your friend uh, me. On Wednesday uh, at the Dirt Track, we are going to be on from 6.30 to 8 p.m., the PRN's At the Track live broadcast, uh, sponsored by PFC Brakes and Bill Stein Shocks. We'll have uh, just an all-star lineup of World of Outlaws and special guests. Uh, Tim McCready, the uh, Lucas Champ's going to be there with us. Uh, we believe Blairsville's Jonathan Davenport. Bill Stein's going to uh, bring him over and uh, champions from the World of Outlaws. So uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. on Pit Row TV on Wednesday. It is free for you to watch and get the latest from the stars of the World of Outlaws and others as they get ready for the World of Outlaws World Finals, which will go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on Dirt Vision as well. So hopefully we'll, um, we'll make some new friends as they tune us in on Pit Row TV on uh, next Wednesday from 6.30 to 8. Uh, speaking of Letty Batiki here, as we get the latest in short track news, uh, the host of PRN uh, at the track. And you know what, Lenny, over the years, I've, I've really been impressed with a lot of these little networks and, and, and these uh, websites that have made it available for fans who, not, who might not be able to make it to these, to these tracks to be able to enjoy the action live. I know that NBC Sports... Uh, did some stuff on their on their on their um, subscribe site where you could watch the um, Thursday Night Thunder and then also the uh, the events over at Charlotte as they did the Bandoleros and and Legends races. Uh, I mean, for you personally as a short track guru and a fan, it must be great to know that we have uh, places to go to be able to watch these great races and some of the future names that we might see racing in the Xfinity Series trucks or even the Cup Series uh, sometime down the line. So for you, as someone who's participating in this great sport, it must be such an advantage for these fans to be able to still be able to watch these great events without having to maybe travel a huge distance to see these events live. Yeah, first and foremost, we want them to go to their grassroots track because that's where you make the relationships that make it that much more enjoyable, where you get to see the passion of these drivers, not just through your your internet connection but really right there up close you can hear the result you know the uh, the energy that comes from the other fans that are there but there are there are times when you're just you have to work late and by the time you would get to that track or you know the one that you were hoping to get to it's just you know prohibitive you can't do it so these subscription services have really gotten it down to a nice science they they can you do one timers you can do a month you could do three months uh, they really have offered the flexibility that lets you use your phone, your tablet, your laptop, uh, even ones that uh, you know connect to the television, so that you can watch 
grassroots racing from World of Outlaws, Lucas Oil Series, Pit Road TV with Cars TV and all the different things they do and so many of the others. It is the alternative to having to go every week to uh, a different track. You're able to support your local track on the night they run and be able to watch all kinds of other tracks all across the country and, and get to experience some more racing. And we also appreciate you, Lenny Batiki, because PRN of the track are always covering short track racing in the Midwest and in the Southeast as well. So you do a great service to providing the latest news, great interviews with some of these drivers who are on the rise uh, that someday will probably the f- be the future of motorsports. So we always appreciate everything you do with Go PRN uh, at the track. And if our listeners want to listen to the podcast and to keep up with what's going on in the world of short track news, of course, the best place to go do it, not only here on Southern Race Week Radio, but also at uh, Go PRN at the track. So where can they go to uh, get the uh, great links and the podcast so they can listen and tune in to PRN at the track. We, we make it easy. Uh, our Twitter page, PRN's at the track on Twitter. Even if you don't use Twitter that much, make sure you dial into PRN's at the track on Twitter. We'll keep you updated with all the grassroots information. You can just watch and look and see where we're at, where, where we're covering and other folks are covering. We kind of collect all the news and then we put links to our shows. So you're able to do so by just, uh, you know, linking up there on Twitter at PRN's at the track. And you can go to goprn.com to be able to hear the shows. Two more races that I don't want Georgia fans to uh, think I forgot. Cochran on Thanksgiving weekend is going to have their gobbler. And the Steel Block Bandits are scheduled to go to Swainsboro that same weekend. So uh, a couple of big ones. And, of course, Georgia Karting Center, I would imagine, will be running uh, there as well. So, uh, you know, the uh, Peach State runs all the way through the turkey time. Uh, Mr. Patiki, thank you so much for joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, my friend. Uh, good luck to you as you enjoy the next few weeks there and there in Charlotte. And I will talk to you again down the road, my friend. Thank you, Alfie, for all that you and Southern Race Week do to support grassroots racing. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the Executive Director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Well, folks, that's a about going to wrap up uh, this week's edition of Southern Race Week. A lot of great uh, short track, super speedway racing action. NASCAR season's winding down. You know, Alfie, another great show, and uh, we're we're so excited to uh, to see where we can go with the Braves, and so see where we can go with the uh, the NASCAR championship. Man, yes, it's going to be exciting. Next week at Phoenix, we'll crown a champion for 2021. And a thanks to all our great guests joining us this week, Rutledge Wood of NASCAR NBC, also Josh Hart, NHRA driver, battling out for Rookie of the Year, and also Lenny Batiki for the latest in short track news, host of PRN at the track. So thanks to those great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And if you want to listen back to this episode or check out any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week, William, it's real simple. The podcast will be available for you. On Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So you'll be able to go back and listen to all the great interviews or check out any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. And also the email address if you want to reach out to me if you're a driver or a team looking to get some exposure here on Southern Race Week Radio, you can email me anytime at srwradio at yahoo.com. And, of course, the social media platforms are always available for you on Facebook at facebook.com slash southernraceweek. So follow us there. And also follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio, where we always bring in the latest in NASCAR news, details, information, not only NASCAR, but also anything dealing with motorsports, William. Well, I tell you what, we got to wrap it up here, but uh, y'all keep those messages coming. We're hearing all those people that uh, normally would be Chase Elliott fans. 
They're cheering for Kyle Larson because he's been winning so much and he's back from after controversy. So y'all keep those emails coming. Keep those posts coming on Southern Racing uh, Social Posts. And we will be right back here next week with another great show. Thanks, Alfie.